Hello, 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 and welcome again for another fantastic Thursday on the Electricpreneur Secrets, the Electrician's Podcast. We're here with you guys five days a week to help you master sales, simplify pricing, and deliver premium level electrical service. I couldn't do that without my esteemed co-host, Joseph, the sales bot, Lucani. Let's get a little round of applause for Joe. I'm going to do it quietly so I do not... What did I do? (laughs) Come on, come on. No, you show up every day and you help us out. And today is no exception because today we're going into something really important. Mm -hmm. And I'm still hearing echoes out there, by the way. I didn't introduce myself today, but I still hear the odd person calling me Chad and calling me the pleasant peasant. I've just never heard those two in the same sentence because I think Chad's actually the alter ego of the pleasant peasant. I just want to throw that in there. I thought your alter ego was Chatimus Maximus. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I kick people into the well of doom. What can I say? That's the way to do it. Serve at the highest level or I will kick you into the well of service shame. How's that? That sounds like a really good ultimatum. It's like you're either going to survive or you're going to be kicked into the kicked into the pit of nothingness. That if you guys are visualizing this along with me, I'm thinking there's a graphic worthy of design there. Honestly, the last time someone made an alter ego design of me. Um, there was this joke because I was growing dragon fruit in a mini greenhouse in my in my house up north, which is really too cold. Okay. So if you guys don't know dragon fruit, I mean, these things are wicked plants. They're so cool. Do you know what dragon fruit is, Joe? I know what they are. I've never grown them before like that. When you said you were growing things up north, I was sitting there, I was like, oh, what are we growing? Yeah. It had to be in the house, had to be in a greenhouse because I think native dragon fruit grow in Thailand and Vietnam mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. there. Not quite as Canada, I was, Canada. sorry, as a not quite the Canadian uh, atmosphere that you're looking for. Yeah, there's a whole story behind this. I actually found myself in a field of them, surprisingly, in Thailand, and I was blown away. I was actually sitting in the pool with a bunch of friends. There's eight of us that went to Thailand, and we're looking across from the pool, having a drink, and I'm like, is that an aloe vera field? One of the girls said. Mm-hmm. I was like, aloe vera field. That's interesting. And they were dragon fruit. So I like lost my mind and ran over there. Point being, I love this plant and I was growing it. So a friend of mine on social media took a, uh, a Game of Thrones Queen of Dragons screenshot and put my face on it <laughs> and put the title Queen Clay Easy, Queen of Dragon Fruit. <laughs> I can get behind that. I love it. We can, okay. we can throw them some Westerosi names if you want. That's right. One of the favorite jokes that was ever made about me, to be honest. Uh, I wouldn't have said it otherwise. I'm clearly not embarrassed by it. It's hilarious. That was a good one. Double down on that. It sounds good. Okay. Today, we've got a great show. More on this demand call lotto. We've been talking about this in different ways all week. And today is a really important one because I want to help you guys maximize your demand calls. Yesterday, we discussed how important it is as really the foundational sales strategy to dial in. Because that demand call lotto, what that means, Joe, is fill me in here. Demand call lotto is where you run the play and the demand call ends in either a top option or an option so above and beyond what you thought they were going to want to take. And they did it willingly without any kind of coercion. And I've had countless conversations this week with various service providers who are kind of stuck in that $150 to $300 range. Then there's some elevated tier ones that really their average ticket's kind of the $400 to $750 
range. Mm -hmm. But if you're truly playing demand call lotto, that is implying that we're going to hit some tickets in the thousands of dollars. And what Mm -hmm. is that going to do to our average ticket, Joe? I mean, just by, I mean, just by law of averages, if you had a $10,000 sale and then you had a couple of hundred dollar sales, your average, if nothing else, is going to balloon up. 100%. Love it. And I would hope that it would balloon up 100% for you. Mm. Even more. If you're at the $300 mark, even more. So how do we get to this point of, okay, well, 2000 or as Joe said, $2,500 average demand call tickets. We're going to mm. need some good ones in there. Joe, do you have a couple examples for us today that we could talk through where a simple call mm-hmm. or something wasn't quite right led to something more? Actually, yes. All I'm right. Something. So give me a moment because I'm on the spot, but let's see what we have in my mind. Um, yes. Okay. So there was one call I remember going to where it was generator maintenance. Now, generator maintenance are usually one of those things where you go to them, there's either something broken or there's something not. A lot of times, some people are like, just keep it running, keep it running, keep it running. Well, we went to this uh, this customer. It was a new client. We had never met them before. And we agreed to do one year of general maintenance. They said, yeah, just take care of it. We found out that it was a Gen 1 series. Now, the Gen 1 series haven't been made in a very long time. You still see them in circulation in New York, but they're they're really not. You can't get parts for them anymore. They're very archaic. Now, normally what we had said was we won't work on Gen 1s just because you can't. Re- it's not reliable. It's not able to get parts for them. They're likely to mm-hmm. fail. But when we looked at this system, we actually decided to take it on because there were so many things wrong with it that it actually justified a presentation. Now, what we found was when we opened up, the first thing that stood up was I thought I was standing on a tree root and right in front of the generator. It wasn't a tree root. It wasn't a tree root. It wasn't tree root. What turns out they had buried a propane line, but they had done it illegally where instead of having 18 inches under with sand and then having the magnet strip over the top of it, they literally just had it where it was just dry buried and about maybe an inch or two inches under the soil. Can and I just throw the in years, there? Yeah, go ahead. Not only does that sound illegal, it sounds pretty dangerous. It was, and this is why. So as you bury something over time, it naturally erodes away yeah. and eventually rises itself up. That's why you see grass roots and tree roots above. Now, imagine this. You have a live propane line connected to a system that will draw thousands of BTUs, and you could technically drive a lawnmower over it. What do you think would have ended up happening if someone had sparked a line while they were riding a, riding a lawnmower? Yeah. Thing would have blown up. Yeah. In addition to this, as we were working on it, we found out that the whole reason they even wanted it maintained was this customer was having a new baby. It was going to be here in the next few months. And she was storing and pumping breast milk in advance. And they frequently lost power, which meant that if their deep freezer had gone out, they would have lost all the work that she had done. Now, we didn't know any of this until we started running our process, learning about them, learning the whys of everything. So what ended up happening was we went from a $0 ticket, just maintenance call, $300 getting it out. And it ended up being an entirely new installation, brand new generator, brand new gas line, all new trenching, dedicated systems across the board. Everything was covered. Cold weather protection, surge protection, five years maintenance coverage. I didn't expect them to take it. 
But the logic was, okay, we understand times are tight. We understand that we have an unsafe situation that you weren't expecting and I wasn't expecting either. I don't expect you to take it this way, but if you ask me what's the perfect fix that you never have to deal with it again, this is what I recommend. And I do have more economical options. You tell me what you think is best. And they picked the top one. So a generator maintenance literally turned into a several thousand whole home generator rewire done. Here's why I love that story. Why? The moment you said generator maintenance, half of our listeners cringed. Mm. <laughs> yep. We've talked about this before. I would bridge it back and just say it again. And I, you know what? Let me pose it as a question. Joe, should you do generator maintenance? Almost rhetorical yes. now. Yeah. So the reason why you should do generator maintenance isn't because the maintenance itself actually generates fruit. What the maintenance does is it allows you an additional touch point with a customer that you know you can serve at the highest level. So if you're their residential electrician, they'll call you for other things related to their residence, right? But if you're also their generator specialist, now you have two separate things that they could call you for, doubling your chances. And at the very bare minimum, you have to go into their home at least once. Because in order to do a generator maintenance correctly, you have to do what's known as a load test, which means that you're physically going to turn off power to the home. You're going to have the generator cycle as if they've lost power, which means I have to be in front of your panel. I have to be in front of your ATS. I've got to be metering out your loads, checking throughout the house. So just by doing a generator maintenance, I now have permission to test pretty much anything that generator is backing up. Right. You know, you're going to find something and serve at a higher level as well. Let me ask you something that's a little more, I think it's a custom solution side, but I've heard this one a few yeah. times too. What happens if you happen to get a demand call where there is a generator already, mm -hmm. that's not what you were called for, mm -hmm. and they don't have anyone servicing that? Okay. How do you go about sort of that discovery and exploring um, that system with them? Well, during our, I love how you set this up because I, I don't know if this was intentional or not, but it's actually during our process. So when you're opening the panel, we're asking, Hey, have you ever worked with another professional electrician before? Hmm. And a lot of times they'll be like, well, we have someone take care of our generator. Or if they say no, like if they say no, that's a very interesting thing because we're at the panel. We're physically right there. Next to it should be an MTS or an ATS. Yeah. So if you don't have a professional electrician you've worked with, and I see a 2022 generator transfer switch installed, what did you just move in last year? Like, like what? how did this get here? So it poses the question of one, now I know you have a generator. And then if they've told me they don't have anyone, then in my top options, at least in the first three, I would include one year of generator maintenance. And I can have a strong because frame too. Love to hear it. Clay, I understand that you mentioned when we were talking earlier that you didn't have a professional you worked with. And I'm grateful to be the person that you've chosen to work with for this situation. But my greatest concern here is that you have a brand new generator system or an existing system that needs to have attention to it. It's no different than you having a body and not exercising it. Eventually, it's going to break. So what I want to do to give you the best service is just to monitor it on a yearly basis just to ensure that if anything does happen, we can catch it preventatively. Would it be wrong of me to want to do that for you? Of course not. I love that body line. What was that again? So generators and electrical can be considered parts of the body. Yeah. So I like to make physical references. 
The main electrical system is the brain. The actual wiring is a nervous system. And in the generator itself, you can consider the actual body of itself. Meaning if the body doesn't exercise, it becomes stagnant. So if you have a generator that self that does not cycle, does not exercise, does not run, you'll find that the interior valves will actually start to corrode and splitter and break, which means that now you've gotten to either gas issues or oil leaks or pressure issues with the heads. So it makes analogies say, hey, you would exercise. If I put you on the couch all year and you never moved, would you be healthy at the end of the year? Could you go run a 5K? No, not well, not well. Of course not. So how could you expect your generator to power you for three days immediately when it hasn't run once? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Really good feedback. And so just remind us again, then for this demand call lotto, this started as a few hundred dollar potential ticket. So the generator maintenance was usually around $300. Yeah. That's really all it was. And that included material for the most part. It was, it's not a super lucrative thing. We were doing it more as a value add just to get in or maintain certain customers. Yeah. But the result was, and I granted, because I'm on the spot, I don't remember the exact amount, but it was a brand new generator. It was brand new gas line with trenching. It was multiple years of maintenance. It was surge protection and cold weather protection. Like it was the whole nine yards. So in my mind, it's got to be at least 16,000 or so. But granted, don't hold me to it because I don't know the exact amount offhand. It's a big output. That's huge. It's huge. And the reality is, there's just dozens and dozens of examples that we have even right in front of us. Even as really, I would say close to half of the wins we see in our paid client group come from mm-hmm. demand calls, mm-hmm. unsuspecting demand call lottos. I just love seeing these turn up because it also seems to give us a good indication of where our clients are at in their journey of learning this process and mm-hmm. really, really putting it to work. Because there's mm-hmm. a few areas that if you just don't do, this doesn't come out well. Correct. I want to talk it, about a few of those spots, but I just want to round out this first thought too. Go for it. As I look over at our wins dashboard for this month alone, we're 20 days in, we've reported just over one win a day. So we've got 21 reported wins. Again, half of those being demand calls and that wins reported totals at $278,000 for the month on the inside track of this from a few dozen electricians running this play. Mm-hmm. So this is the real lotto, guys. It really, really can be. Please go ahead if you still have that thought. So I had another call that particularly came in mind that was, I think, more in line with what the average person could run into. And I'd also want to educate as to why I inspected and found it. Is that okay? Uh, that'd be probably super valuable for our listeners, I would say. Awesome. So. We're going to take the same generator call, right? Different customer, same type of generator. Believe it or not, when we were young and desperate, I remember working Labor Day. Labor Day, we actually had my partner and I used to joke, Labor Day was a day for laboring. (laughs) So we would go out and we would work. So I took a generator maintenance that day. So if that explains how poor we were, I was working the holiday to do a $300 maintenance call. Wow. Brand new customer. We ended up getting to the generator and it's not a super old, it was a Nexus series. For anyone who knows Generax, Nexus was really big around 2011, 2012, 2013, somewhere around there, right? The generator itself, the physical unit was okay. But what really called out to attention was when we started doing the load testing, we found that they actually used 
non-outdoor rated connector sealers. So it was two inch Romex connectors instead of weather hubs on the outside ATS. Mm. And they silicone them. That's the thing. Literally, can you imagine taking a weather type, like taking a Romex connector, silicoating it, and then saying this is now an outdoor rated connector? It didn't work, right? So it prompted us to inspect it further. That justified said, hey, if someone did this wrong, what else could be wrong? So we opened the ATS and we found out that there was water inside of it from this connector. Then we inspected the unit and we found out that the actual line itself, the gas line, wasn't installed well either. So the gas line was actually pulling the generator down. So the generator was actually at an angle because the gas line had so much pressure on it. Yikes. So the thing was, this was a badly installed generator for a customer we had never worked with before. And the only reason we would have found any of this stuff was because we noticed that connector. What ended up happening was on this call, we ended up doing the job same day. We set her up where we said, well, we're going to redo your gas line. We're going to make sure that that gets resupported and reattached. We're going to change your ATS, make sure it's completely resynced. It's going to be brought to modern safety standards. It's going to get a whole home electronics protection system. And you're getting a five-year generator maintenance agreement. That way, they can make sure this never happens again. She was like, yeah, that sounds great. So once again, it would have been a $300 call, turned it to eight hours worth of work. Yeah. And I love how you tie in the make sure it never happens again and making sure that it's speaking to the experience and the pains mm-hmm. that she's feeling, not Correct. just because tech talk, tech talk, tech talk. Mm-hmm. I really strongly feel this is just maybe the biggest thing in the way for electricians turning some of these demand calls into a demand call lotto is just boring people trying to teach them about too much shit, trying to make them one of us. Yeah. There's actually a very important concept that a lot of people don't really realize. And I think it would help a lot with the demand call lotto. You need to describe what the part is doing for your client not what the part physically is. So we looked at the outdoor. Let's just talk talk about this connector for an example. Yeah. Right. The connector was holding the wire. It was doing its job. Right. That wasn't going to cause the unit to suddenly catch fire. Mm-hmm. But the only time you would ever need a generator is during bad weather when you could suspect that it's going to be raining. Yeah. So by going into that, reason why we explain this never happens again is because at the top packages. We need to be able to design something so that the customer never can experience the same level of frustration again. Mm -hmm. So if we were to say, hey, your system can get water in it and could short out, or your gas line could separate and now you have no fuel to it, those are pretty significant concerns to experience in a power outage. Yeah. Because the only time you're going to need it is when you're out of power. So it's very important for people to remember when you're going through this to say, How can I design an option to where what I'm looking at never happens again? And then explain it in a way to say, this is the most permanent possible solution I can offer. If there was any better way of fixing it, I would have suggested that. But I felt this was the most reasonable and permanent way we can solve this that would meet your needs and your budget. Excellent. Really well done. I want to give you guys a situation here where we're going to underline the importance again of this demand call lotto. And this is a real situation uh, for one of our clients who has had some massive opportunity call sales, right? So fielding quotes, things are going out, 
um, and, and closing on, let's say like $60,000 rewires for big homes. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the problem? What's the inherent issue with this style of project, Joe? So the biggest problem with larger projects is that it becomes harder to control the margins on them. I mean, you're a project guy as well. Like you get yeah. it, but we're, instead of talking, you know, hundreds of weeks, we're talking two weeks, yeah, three weeks. The thing is, the longer the project goes, the sweet spot is three days. Anything more than three days has an inherent risk of something that can go wrong and can drain not only the relationship, but the equity you've built not only in the customer, but in this bid. So that's why larger projects are very, very risky to take on when it comes to residential situations. 100% love that. Now let's add cash flow constraints. Now we're mm-hmm. back to a situation where we're going to pay for labor ahead of cash coming in, which mm-hmm. is really the golden goose of home service, electrical. Mm-hmm. I love that. And in a lot of different companies who are entirely construction-based, they find themselves coming over to at least have a division of service just to maintain that balance of constant cash flow. That's another reason I love this demand call lotto. Even though some of them will result in a platinum, I also just want to highlight that that's not the intent. We don't need to sell the biggest option. It doesn't mm-hmm. need to become ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollar jobs. It's nice when it happens, mm-hmm. but again, realistically, that means we're likely a week or more of work at a place. Correct. Less reviews, more labor, less cash up front because. I don't know. You tell me, Joe, if you've got a $50,000 rewire, are you still going to aim for 50% up front to put them on the schedule? So actually I would. The reason why is this. Whenever we would take on a project, there Mm -hmm. were only two conditions to get on the calendar. You were either financed in full or financed in half, regardless Mm -hmm. you had to finance because the financing company would then front you, or you had to pay us a 50% deposit. Those were the two conditions. Because if the job went south, I'm not going to be the one holding the bag. It's like, I'm going to make sure I'm serving you at the highest level, but you can't expect the chauffeur to drive you without gas in the tank. Right. And again, so that's an upside. That still works here. Taking that 50% deposit, but I've heard from many that they won't on the bigger jobs. Some guys drop it down to 20, 25%. We start getting into the new construction mentality of, having a down Draws. payment on, yeah. on material. And then when the rough end's done, and then when the trim out's done. Mm-hmm. So I still think that that cash flow injection is so important here. Mm-hmm. But it otherwise, really going circling back to, to the main point here, silvers and golds are perfectly good. For someone mm-hmm. to call you for a $300 ticket, it just takes you a few hours to get it done. And you walk away with a couple fresh um, grand in your pocket today. That's a huge win for any business. Even further than that, if I can just strengthen and underline a little bit more. Let's do it. When your customers buy better things, they actually have a higher likelihood of wanting to work with you again. Hmm. The reason being is this. Let's say you have the typical call, like we go to this generator maintenance and we didn't notice anything or we didn't tell them anything. Hey, it's an old Gen 1. They just want to keep this thing running. Screw it. I'm just going to change the oil, spark plugs, valves, and filters. Let's go. Now it's 300 in, 300 out. That client has no reason to believe that you did anything special or that there was anything wrong with their system. But when it fails, they're going to blame you. 
On the other hand, when they can experience a better level of service, like, wow, I really felt like you pulled out the white gloves on this. You re reseeded the grass, you dug all the trenches, you took care of the whole system. All I had to do was write the check and put my feet up and you did everything. Now they'll remember that experience and either they'll share it with their friends when they say, oh, you got a new generator. Or they're going to be in a situation to where they'll say, I don't want to go back and get more estimates. I'll just call back these guys again. I love that. So yeah. good jobs continue to receive good jobs. Yeah. And that's a big piece. Like we end up calling this at the end, 3D satisfied action. And I think we've gone through this in the podcast before, but satisfaction, when you truly look at that word, mm -hmm. it's a compound word, right? Satisfied is the beginning and action being the compound bit of it. Mm -hmm. Satisfaction, as we all just take for granted, really isn't being held to the highest level here. I don't believe in mm -hmm. common English, English rather, at this day and age. And so what I mean by that is when you think satisfaction, Joe, prior to this new definition and new understanding mm -hmm. of it, what do you, what, what comes to mind when someone? So prior to our time together, when someone said satisfied, satisfied or just satisfaction, usually I'm thinking like, oh, it's adequate. Like that's what I'm thinking when I hear the word satisfied. They're oh, happy. Like satisfactory. Yes. It, like it passes is what it right. is. When we really break that word out, it takes new meaning, doesn't it? Because mm -hmm. when you say action, that's I want people to be difference. so happy they take an action. Mm -hmm. Those actions that we want them to take are reviews, referrals, and then repeats. Mm -hmm. Right. So, just to credit to what you're saying, if we can make someone so happy with our service, wouldn't they want to roll up our club membership, roll that into the package, and have us come back and serve them again and make sure everything's a okay for the year? Mm -hmm. And the best thing about it is when we do our club memberships, we can actually sell it based on that logic. If you've taken this level of package, you deserve to be considered a VIP member. And as a VIP member, you would receive this, 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 and this. Mm. And you can describe how the frontline pass or having the ability of not being, having to have after hour service or having all those other features from the first class membership. Now they're like, yeah. I did buy the better package and the better package came with that. I deserve that. 100%. I love that. I love that we're going down the back road of uh, lifetime customer value here as well. Mm -hmm. Then, So we get the repeat from the club membership, which also mm -hmm. includes an inspection, which we're going to find even more stuff on a thorough inspection and offer again, mm -hmm. that touch point, right? Correct. Um, we're also going to get a review, mm -hmm. potentially a review every time you have an engagement. That's the ideal goal, because if you've done a, a job that really is above and beyond, the logic is this. I really enjoyed working with you, Clay. Like I truly had a pleasure working with you while you're here. But the thing is, is that I could use your help with something. Would you be willing to help me? Yeah, sure. What do you need, Joe? So I know you found us online and that's where you said that you really connected with us, but we would love to work with more people like yourself. If I were to ask you for a favor and ask you to write us a review, would that be too much of an ask? No, I could do that for you. Awesome. So just having that situation and then being able to hand them our process right then and there of how we get reviews, every interaction is always, hey, I want to find more people like you because I had such a great time. I really enjoyed being here. I loved getting to know you and your family. I loved serving you guys. 
And I'd love to do that for more people like you as well. How do you recommend that I find people like you to work with? Yeah. And then have them volunteer it. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Good. Again. And the last R, this 3D satisfaction, the last dimension would be the referrals. And here's a couple things about referrals. One, we ought to know and acknowledge that everybody refers. Every Mm -hmm. single person. And I don't mean in the context of, I'm going to go tell someone to hire you right now. Mm -hmm. That's a nice to have. And in cases, that will happen. And Mm -hmm. there are some slight tactics you could do to help drive that. Mm -hmm. But what I'm talking about is in the buyer's journey. When people are about to buy, if they don't already have a relationship with you or another electrician, someone Mm -hmm. they actually feel comfortable that they trust to call, then who are they going to talk to? Because the common fallacy here is that people just rush to Google and phone an electrician, any electrician. I had a conflict. I need an electrician. Let's go. Everyone's competing for that space and it's not even correct. They spin the wheel of electrician's names. They're like, that's the guy. That's what I want. Electrician roulette. Yeah, no, people do some research, right? And a part of that research is talking to people they already know, like, and trust. Family, Mm -hmm. friends, colleagues, and eventually even a Facebook community page will do. People will almost every time do this. And so the person they ask, that's the referral partner to you. Mm -hmm. Everyone refers What we have in our control is, are they going to say great things about us, nothing about us, or shit about us? Mm -hmm. And Joe, we're out of time with that statement. So this has been another episode of Entrepreneur Secrets. Now, we've got a couple of action items, but just wanted to say helping you guys enhance the value of your demand calls. Very, very important. So Joe, what actions can they take? to do so, to enhance this value. So the bare minimum action that I would recommend is you don't focus on the thing you're called out to do. Your focus is what does that thing do for my client? That is the linchpin of knowing how to take it higher. So as an example, you had this generator call. You could just do the $300 maintenance, change the consumables and leave. That's what they called for. But when you understand why did you even need a generator in the first place? Yeah, well, we frequently lose power and I can't be without heat. Now it prompts you to say, well, wouldn't it be make sense for us to go and look, see how the heat's being powered? Oh, wait, it's still attached to an old fuse box. Now there's a reason for me to change it. Because you can say, remember when you told me this? Because of that, I wanted to ensure that you were protected. And that's why I looked into it further. And as a result, that's why I'm offering this to you. Was I wrong to want to prevent this for you? Not at all. So bare minimum action, understand the why, and you'll always find the how. All right. Awesome. All-star action. I'm going to throw this out there. To follow the process, you've got to have a consistent process. We really dove into this yesterday and why it's so important. And we'll keep talking about it all day, every day, because it is such a strength to have yourself and each of your staff who are running these calls following the exact same strategy each and every time so that you have consistent data to measure and adjust from so that you know where people are at and so that you can capitalize on this demand call lotto. Now, if you don't have a a process currently, then I've got a great bonus for you because we've literally thrown a guide together 
this week that you can come and grab at VIP in our Facebook community group, um, the Electropreneur Secrets, the Electricians Podcast community group right there where we've got Lucas and Ben and and others watching us and, and engaging with us currently. So you can come there, you can put your hand up. All you got to do is type anywhere in the group, demand call lotto. We'll get a conversation going and get this value piece over to you so that you can see and have a process to follow. And that will help you take some of these $300 tickets to some $3,000 tickets. Sounds like it'd be worthwhile to me, Joe. What do you say? I'm on board with it. When in doubt, take the call, run the play, get the success. Awesome, brother. Well, thank you for another great episode, sharing some great examples of how these little tickets can turn even into 10000 plus dollars mm. even when it starts with something that makes some of us cringe like generator maintenance guys mm. there's good reasons to uh, be this great premium service provider so tomorrow we'll join you again to help you push that even further thanks for joining us we'll talk to you again soon take care